Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. Um, With that, we're going to get into our study today, and uh, it's a fun day for you to show up. It is a fun day for you to show up because, uh, what's that? Sunday fun day? Well, here's the thing. Like, again, as I talked about last week, we're really digging into some of the things I think are fundamentals that God wants us to uh, either dig into or, or go through again or be able to have re- uh, recommitments to, whatever it may be, uh, before we go into this next season. And uh, so last week, as you know, we talked about uh, dealing with temptation, dealing with sin. Uh, and this week, we're, we're talking about uh, Christian community. We're talking about church. We're talking about the local body church and the importance thereof. And for everybody that's in the room, you came out when it's four degrees, so you can feel a little bit of sinful pride that you're better than others. <laughs> so you have that going for you today. Uh, if you're watching from home, there's a lot of people watching from home because of sickness or because, uh, again, maybe some things medically just does not work with this kind of weather, or maybe your roads were bad, we fully get that. But we all know there's a few people who say it's just too cold and I don't want to go outside right now, so they just went over to Kroger's anyways. Um, and you can feel just a little bit better. No, I'm just kidding. No. We love you guys, and, uh, but I'm very thankful for those that are here and those that are watching, because I do think this is pretty pivotal, uh, but I actually do, <laughs> absolutely didn't want to leave the house myself today. Uh, so with that, we're going to be talking about church. Uh, I've talked about this a lot, that Christian community is something I'm very passionate about. Uh, maybe in different ways than some other pastors you might have had in the past, but Christian community through the local body church is beautiful when it's done right, and it's messy, and it's beloved, and I can't wait to get into it with you today. So everybody good? Everybody ready? Everybody's in? All right. Um, A lot of times when we start talking about a particular topic, I like to start out with a definition, or at least the definition I'm using. As I shared with you many times before, you and I oftentimes just um, define words differently. It's just whether it be our past culture or how our past experiences or whatever the case may be, bless you. So it's really good to get uh, a definition on the table so we're on the same page. Again, like if we, you and I were, uh, had a bump, say I did something stupid, and you said that you forgave me for it, and I thought forgiveness was complete, it's now gone, you know, kind of the godlike thing, and you think it's, uh, I can, I'll put up with you, but I'm going to bring it up every other month. Well, then we're going to end up with some different bumps as we go to it. Uh, what do you, why are you shaking your head like that? I was talking about Allie. But no, please, make it about you. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, what, are you, what are you shaking your head about? Okay, okay. So see, we're on the same page. But if, if Stein, who obviously holds on to things, uh, he's bringing it up, then th- that's going to cause some bumps because we defined the word differently. I'm just saying. Um, I need better friends. The... Um, so a lot of times I'll define a word just so we're on the same page. Uh, this is going to be different. This one I, want, I wanted to uh, put, for the help of my lovely bride, she's still talking to me, uh, definition of a church, but I actually want to put up three uh, for you. Church can be defined as the whole body of Christians. That's a global, that's a, the capital C. Church is one definition. The second definition that we often use is the local body of Christians, the local body church. And then it's also is appropriate to call for the building for public or especially Christian worship. So there are actually, 
another four or five, I think, definitions for the word church. But these are the three that we generally use within the Christian world. And I want us to be aware that there's different definitions for the word church because we tend to, within our Christian realm of things, uh, forget that sometimes. We tend to, um, especially if you're watching social media, let a blending of the words lead to us thinking that we're making a sinfully somewhat prideful comment that is a slam dunk when it's not and can actually cause problems. Uh, for instance, uh, memes. I love memes. Uh, and I could I, I create my own because I didn't want to go looking for them, but you can tell me if you've seen memes like this before. The first one is, yep, he's going to make that big point. The church is the people, not the building, right? That's, that's a big point. That kid's ready to bust you up if you don't understand that the church is the people and not a building. Well, again, we, if we look at definitions we have, one definition of the word is the building. One definition of the word is the local body. One is the global. So there's a point here that is true. God's church is his people from a particular point of view. But what this tends to do also is have a negative. It tends to also be used by people who are diminishing local body church or the, the church as a whole um, into like, yeah, you guys are all jacked up because you guys get together on Sunday morning, so that's not what church is. Well, actually, church is bigger than that. Uh, and what, what we can do, nope, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why, honey? My love. No, but w w within that, that also feeds into, well, yeah, we'll go ahead and go to the next one, the, the other type of mentality. Go ahead. No? Okay. Let me know when you're ready. I know it's going to pay for it. I know you don't like the green background. You said that four weeks ago, and I still kept it. Um, this one, this guy, he's smart. I can be a Christian and not go to church. Uh, that's, that's generally who likes to say things like the church is the, the people, not, not the, uh, the, the building, um, because I don't really want to be part of that. And that usually comes from what? Church hurt, bad experiences, uh, a schedule that, they, that you don't want to be committed to something else, or whatever the case may be. And again, yes, you can technically be a Christian. You can say the, the salvation prayer. You can accept Jesus as leading and forgiving your life. Uh, and feel good that you're going to heaven and just do a little bit better and hope they, you know, sprinkle some pixie dust blessing into your life. Uh, but Christian means Christ follower. And when we were first called Christians, when we look in Acts, it was from not the church people calling themselves that, but the people in the city of Antioch calling them that. Because they were so much like that Jesus Christ guy, we might as well call them Christ-like. And that's where that nickname be began at. And if you're going to be Christ-like, that makes no sense. Because Jesus Christ was very committed to Christian community. Jesus Christ was very much committed to be within the synagogue and organized worship. He was very committed to relational worship and taking it out into the world as well. So if I'm going to be Christ-like, I'm going to be part of his body. And so this, once again, takes and feeds into something that really is counterproductive to what we find in the scripture. And then the last one, when my wife is ready without any antagonism from me, ah, Leo DiCaprio, he's got the point. Jesus didn't tell the world to go to church. He told the church to go to the world. Um, actually, he did both. He did both. I mean, not necessarily in words. I'm not going to be able to quote you scriptural verse when Jesus is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount busted out to go to the Shepherd's Fellowship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. It's just not there. 
But everything is received within his ministry, within his teaching, and the continuation of the church into Acts and through the epistles have to do with us going to church and being part of the Christian community and going out into the world. Leading people to the Lord is going out into the world, baptizing them as part of that result, teaching us each other how to follow his commandments is us being together in the local body church. It's, it's, it's throughout. And so that can be, you know, some stuff that can be saying some things to people who uh, need some encouragement instead of um, a pat on the back that they're right in, in avoiding the local body church. Uh, so all that said, I realize I'm somewhat preaching the choir because, hey, you guys came out when it's four-degree weather, so you guys are all in, right? But a lot of us use those memes, and a lot of us are different levels of commitment when it comes to the local body church. So that's why I wanted to take today and be able to, to dig into this a little bit more. Uh, so with that, we are going to start out with history lesson. How many people like history? Anybody? A couple. Okay. I really liked history, but I almost flunked out of it because I couldn't stand dates and names. That's what they test you on. Uh, but I love history, um, and when I look at what the scripture models and teaches us, the local body church is beautiful. Um, I mean, again, you're going to have to go back to the Old Testament. You'll have to go, like uh, Amanda was talking about, going to Genesis with fresh eyes. Uh, we have been built for community from the very beginning. It was not good that Adam was alone. So God, uh, as a joke, made a woman. And uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just seeing who's still staying awake. All three of you here, you guys are very lively. Um, but, the, uh, but no, it, it was never good for us to be alone. Then Scott laughs 30 seconds later. What did I mean? Okay, what was it, Carrie's? I think it's funny because I know you already ate them. They're still in there? The, um, but again, from the community beginning, you got Abraham, um, a few generations after that, where God is making a covenant with his people, again, the Jewish people. Uh, and then um, we go through, all through the Old Testament, you got God with the Israelites and him. His purpose of selecting them so that, they, that the rest of the world could look and see, this is what it looks like when you follow the true God and to rule people to him. It was never supposed to be a we're better than you thing. Um, as we go through and we get to the New Testament age, which is also called the church age, um, the, from the moment that Jesus ascended to heaven and, and until he comes back, is the age of the church. And uh, so we see Jesus modeling it for us throughout his ministry. Uh, and I, I believe before his ministry, but we don't have record of that. Uh, but I've, uh, we have enough hints. I know that he was very active in the synagogue growing up. He was very... In, uh, very much invested in teaching in the synagogue at the beginning of his ministry. He did not start out with 12 guys. He started out teaching in the synagogue. Uh, he, so that's what I call um, either the formal uh, worship or the organized worship. I know organized uh, religion is a bad phrase because how people define it, but if you define it the biblical way, once again, I think it's very beautiful. Uh, he also did it in the relational way, and he taught that, and he modeled that out. So that when he did ascend, that's how the church continued to go. For the first 10 days, as you know, that they took and hid in the upper room as they waited for the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, you cannot do this without uh, the Holy Spirit, so wait. And when the Holy Spirit showed up in such a magnificent way, when you want to get into, let's say, Acts 2, um, then things just exploded. Peter goes out, the apostles go out, they're preaching out in the streets, powerful results, people are hearing them in their own languages, even though they're not speaking in their languages with the Holy Spirit uh, translator. It's a, it's a great, beautiful 
story of the beginning of the church the way that we understand it in the church age. In Acts 2, 42 through 47, you're going to see beautiful, uh, beautifully written what the early church looked like. I just went through that with a friend of mine this week that was going through a hard time about just how they were devoted to one another. They're devoted to the teaching. They're devoted to worship. They were devoted, it specifically says, to meeting within the synagogues in each other's homes. Once again, we see the organized formal worship as well as the relational worship. Uh, we see that no one had a need because people took and sold what they had extra to be able to take care of others. One thing that we have the hardest time remembering in that is that only happens when people who have needs are vulnerable enough to open up and say, I need help. That's the only way that works, or else everybody would still have extra fields. So we, we, we communicate for each other. We're vulnerable with one another. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of the church right there in Jerusalem. Um, for a little while, a couple of years it looks like, if I'm remembering correctly. I didn't overly study back into that, so I didn't want to admit that, so I could be wrong. It might have been a week. Uh, I doubt it. But the, uh, they did not move out from Jerusalem for a little while. Do you remember that? Jesus told them before he ascended to go to Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the ends of the earth, which to us means go to your hometown, go to people that are different than you, go to your country, and go to the whole world. And they weren't quite doing that. And so persecution broke out, uh, and Stephen was martyred. If you remember Paul, before uh, he became a good guy, was a bad guy, and was arresting and murdering people for their faith. And, uh, saw, and uh, Stephen was one of those people, and a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And they got spread out, guess where? Samaria, Judea. The exact two other places that Jesus mentioned by name. And so it was the persecution that moved them forward. And that is when you see, especially in the Jerusalem area, them start meeting in houses instead of the synagogue. And I want you to make sure that you know that because I hear oftentimes, I remember talking to somebody downtown, they were talking about their church and like, we meet in home churches like the early church did. Kind of. That's just another meme with a kid with a fist. Uh, the, we were made for both, and the only time the church lost the, the organized formalized worship is when they were under threat of death, and they missed it. They missed having both. We're made for both. Um, again, I, I always, whenever I come up against this, celebrate Del Ho. You know that Del and Shil are watching at home. Uh, Del has uh, some health issues in the season that he's not been able to be at church that often since the pandemic. Uh, and Dell misses it. Dell misses it. She does as well, but I'll tell you, it eats at Dell. Dell wants the hug. Dell wants to worship with his family. He wants to pray as a corporate body. He misses it deeply. I truly believe that's how the early church felt about being in the synagogue with one another instead of having to put an agape fish in front of the house so that people knew where to go and it was safe to worship God. But as it continued to spread out, it went back into areas where the persecution was not so great. And that's where we start seeing local body churches. Because uh, I, I, I talk to some people, uh, and they don't like local body churches. But we see it taught and exhibited throughout the scripture left and right. Um, after it went to the Gentiles, after it went out to Judea and the Samaria, uh, sorry, Gentiles, I'm talking about Peter and Cornelius. I think that's somewhere around Acts 9, if I remember correctly. I'm, like I said, in my history test, I flunked because I don't like details. But I think it's Acts 9. Uh, but by Acts 11, you have your first local body church mentioned beside Jerusalem, and that's the Church of Antioch, which, again, is where we were first called Christians. Um, it is a Gentile, mostly community. It's a, it's a well-mixed uh, community. 
and they were just amazed at just how much the Holy Spirit was moving there because it was not all Jewish believers. And so that's our first local body church, and we see the Church of Jerusalem working with them and them working with them. Uh, that's where Paul went because uh, Barnabas brought him in because nobody wanted to work with Paul because he was a murderer. And, um, but Barnabas trusted him, brought him in, trained him, and then they went out and they started doing mission trips as well. This is where we pick up other local body church, such as the Church of Philippi. These are all churches in Acts. Uh, I'll try to go slow because I know I'm talking fast because uh, I'm, I'm trying to lay a foundation more than details, but I know some people don't want the details. So Philippi, Corinth, uh, Thyatira, take your best guess on how to spell that. Philadelphia, Sirius, Arabia, Sardis, and there are three different churches uh, in the area of Cyprus and Crete. And I, I put them at the end because it's the first time we have where there's three different churches in two cities. I think a lot of times when we just go by like the Church of Philadelphia, the Church of Antioch, it's like, okay, there's supposed to be one church in every city. That was not the case in Acts. There were, there were multiple ch uh, churches as well. Uh, again, all of these are still organized. They met together formally in the synagogues as things started being fulfilled more and more, and then also relationally. Uh, if we still struggle with the idea that we're supposed to be a local body church community, then we are, simply have to go to Paul's letters, uh, Peter's letter, James's letters, uh, Jude's letter. Um, we, we look at the ministry of plan planning the churches, building the churches, and, and showing us how to be the church, how to be Christian community. Um, now, the problem of denominations, and I just want to hit this on the side because then people will start getting uh, thinking to about denominations. For a long time I thought denominations are bad. I do not think that anymore. I think false religions are bad. I think cults are bad. Don't get me wrong on any of those type of things. But denominations based on minor differences are really not that big of a deal to me. Um, the, when it comes to the minors, we have, let's see, a little over 100 churches in Marion area. Uh, good 60% of those are smaller churches of the size of about 30 or 40 people and have bivocational pastors uh, of multiple different denominations. Uh, a good chunk after that is more like our church. Um, again, when it's not four degrees outside, we tend to be about 110 people, and, our, and our, that call the church home and come at least once a month um, with full-time pastor and some staff you know, sprinkled in here and there. That's uh, the, the rest of those, and then a few larger 400-plus churches in town, which, uh, yeah, they're there. So... That, that's all general fill within town and all kinds of different denominations. And I hear a lot of people say, we just shouldn't have that kind of division. Uh, I, my four, three best pastor buddies are not non-denominational like I am. Um, I've got an Alliance guy in there. I've got a Church of Christ guy in there. And then another uh, young punk who's non-denominational as well. Uh, we do tons of work through Aspire Ministries and other um, organizations and just uh, like Hope and Marion, which I run, uh, with churches all over town. I've been doing this for over 20 years in our community, great relationships. There is a lot of unity in the midst of the diversity. It is the same as us working with our African-American churches, friends that, that you know that we work with. There are going to be differences in the culture, differences in the understanding, and there's going to be unity, love, right smack and holding it all together. Um, so it can be bad, but it doesn't have to be bad. So I put that in there as well. The local body church is beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, I did, I've 
took and copy and pasted this, and I should have just shouldn't have said that. I should have pretended it was my own words. Oh well. Christopher Morgan, Gospel Coalition, wrote this: The local church is the primary center of fellowship and worship, and the chief means God uses for evangelism, disciple making, and ministry. The local church is where the word is taught and preached. If you want um, to look something up on that, Second Timothy three speaks about that, uh, as well as multiple other areas. Uh, the local church is where the ordinances are practiced in baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, a couple examples on that, Matthew 28 uh, and 1 Corinthians 11. These truths are why Paul plants local churches, appoints leaders for them, sends delegates to them, and writes letters to them. Local churches are significant in his theology, and they are crucial in the mission strategy. In the local church, there is sharing of life together, growing and maturing together, ministering together, worshiping together, and witnessing together. So, yes, is a, the church is a building that we meet in. There's churches across our town. That, that, that's an appropriate way to, to mention that. Um, if we don't realize that and someone says, hey, meet me at church on Thursday at 7 o'clock, you're going to be very, very lost trying to find them, going to Christian to Christian, saying if they're there. Uh, so, yes, we will be part of the local body church in a relational and organized way. And, yes, we are told to go to the world. We're told to go to the world. So, with that, um, I, I was thinking about how do we talk about church membership. If we're supposed to be part of a local body church so that we are connected together using our gifts together, um, how, how does that work? I think I'm going to mix up a little bit with Jenny's help. Uh, I think I have a definition, just a working definition for church membership. Uh, church membership is formal, covenantal, a relationship between a family or individual and a true local manifestation of Christ's physical church is what, is what church membership is. And church membership is not for uh, where everybody's at all the time at different places. And I was trying to figure out how to kind of convey that a little bit. And one of the beauties from last year is we have a common vocabulary now when it comes to the four chairs. And the four chairs talking about discipleship and the different stages of discipleship and growing from being lost to being a, a young Christian, a baby Christian, to being more evangelistic, to being more of a disciple. Um, and I, I started wondering, okay, can that still, that model kind of help us a little bit to understand how membership fits into lives? And, and I, think, I think that it does. I think, again, there's people in this world that just either are, are lost or they, they have accepted Christ, but I can be a Christian and don't go to church, or they're maybe seeking out church. That, I see, is a first-year mentality as a starting point, faithfully, not an ending point. Uh, maybe there's, again, some walls of pastoral hurt or uh, church hurt or world hurt, whatever it is that, that are blocks there that need um, love through, talked through, attended to. And so the second chair would tend to be, again, so going to church. Everybody that's here is at least probably chair two for the most part, just looking around. Um, that you find a church, you go on Sundays, couple times a month is the, church, the, the national average now. It's twice a month uh, for someone to be participating within a church. Uh, you meet a few people. You, uh, you know, drop a couple bucks. You go to a couple events each year. That's kind of that's chair two uh, type a atmosphere. Your foot's in the door, but you're not exactly where God has created you for yet. But there is a season for that in people's lives as that maybe God just moved them or they're taking and putting their toe in the water again, whatever the case may be. 
Chair three, for us, I'm going to change some of the way I define my own, my own uh, terminology. When you're around here for a while, and you're coming pretty normal, and you really kind of like this place, and you think it's my church, then chair three is a, I'm a fellowshipper. This, this, this is where God has me. I, I'm, I'm a fellowshipper, okay? And that could work for any church, uh, at my buddy's church or whatever. But for us, that's just that, ter that term. This is, this is my home. And uh, so I, you start participating a little bit more. You start building a little bit more relationships. Um, you're, you're going out to coffee with some other people. You're encouraging each other. You're reaching out to somebody. You haven't seen them for a little while. You know they're going through a tough time. That's tier three. You're starting to get outside of your box, and you're really starting to get in the community, and that's awesome. Chair four is membership. Chair four is when you formally say, okay, I want to know what does this church commit to me biblically, and what does membership mean? What, what would I be committing biblically to the church to, um, to be in, and I want them to know I'm in, and this is, this is what I'm striving for. This is what I, I want to be. Um, that's what church membership is. It is not, uh, like in my past, um, growing up, it was more of a country club membership type thing. If I, if I become a member, uh, I get a key to the church, or I get certain rights, or I'm allowed to borrow chairs for my high school graduation party, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It was more who was in, who was out type thing. Uh, it's not a political affiliation type thing where I'm a member, so now I get a vote. And I want my vote, and I, I might not pay attention to what goes to church. I might not hardly ever get there, but I'm showing up at that business meeting, and I, I want my way type stuff. Um, again, we don't vote here. I, I know that's weird to some people, depending on your background. Uh, even our elders, uh, we're an elder-driven church. We don't vote. We, we talk about things, and if we can all support something moving forward, we move it forward. And if we can't, then we keep praying about it. We keep talking about it. Um, and some people told me that's utopic, it would never work, it's been going pretty nice for the last 17 years. Um, and and it, 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 when you vote, someone loses. Um, when you roll somebody over because they lost a vote, you, you're not respecting their input. Uh, and if God is going to lead us someplace, he's going to lead us someplace. So we, we believe that. So it's not any of those type of things, it's about being a member of the body. And so when we get to that, we always do the same scripture, because I love it. First Corinthians. If you would, get your Bibles out. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 together. If you do not have a Bible, there are all Bibles in the baskets around the room underneath the chairs. And we do have version up and running. And I just want to read this beautiful, beautiful section. Because there was a period of time, and I've shared this before, I was anti-membership. Um, in our early days as a church, we, had, uh, we didn't have membership. We, had, we called it covenant relationships, not knowing that's actually what membership is. Uh, because of my past and the way it's been defined in my past. But when you look at the scripture and you understand that it's a member of the body instead of a member of a political club or a uh, country club, it's just awesome when it works the way God wants it to. So I'm going to start out in chapter 12, uh, verse 12. And it's, it's going to be a chunk, but we can all handle scripture, right? And we'll make just a couple quick observations off of it. But my, my main overdrive right now is if anybody is watching or listening and uh, are against being part of a local body church that you realize that doesn't match up to the scripture. That's my main goal. Okay, so verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. 
For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on the parts that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gives a healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all inter uh, interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. It's impossible to read the scripture and not realize that we are not individuals in Christ. It's just impossible. We're adopted to the family, not so that we can be solo, so that we are part of the family. Period. And everything it teaches within it is about being part of the body and that we need each other. If you are a Christian and you are not part of a local body community or part of the larger community, you think of it from an individual standpoint, you don't cease of being part of the body. You just become an unhealthy part of the body. We're, we're lesser for it. You're lesser for it. It's, it's disease-worthy, and it's concerning, and it needs a physician's touch. If you go to a church and you say, okay, I'm just going to kind of sit on the sidelines, come every couple of months or whatnot, you don't cease to be part of the body. You're ceasing to become an active part of that body. And when he's given us instruction and says God is appointed in the church, it's telling us that we're part of the church, and every role that's within it does not work as individuals. So the question becomes, as we grow in whatever season that we're going through, and, and I tr truly believe, again, honestly designed the higher gifts, I think it definitely talks about the spiritual gifts that are there, I personally think it's also an encouragement for us to desire something better than being by ourselves or being in the back row uh, a couple times a month. Um, I, I, I think there's a, a lot of area that we can grow in and see ourselves in a healthy way. I, I realize that at best the Shepherd's Fellowship when it comes to the church in the capital C is a thumb or a little toe or whatever it is. And I'm cool with that if that's what God calls us to be. But the thing is, if you are hanging around here, then you're like the toenail or the thumbnail, and we need you. You're part of the body. And so I want to go through 
Everybody get a bulletin today? Everybody get a bulletin? Who did not get a bulletin? Yes, Katie, run and get, Katie, get her bulletin, get that bulletin, get her bulletin. What are you people doing? Did you get the brochure that we're about to go through? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, Miss Gilda stands out there with the cold weather coming in that door, freezing that poor lady to death, with the desire to communicate with you through the bulletins. And... Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, Miss Gilda. I think you're beloved and God will reward you for this torture that the church family put you through. Hey, yeah, let's get Everett, okay? Let's get everybody in here. And seriously, stop putting out the communication cards and putting them back on the welcome table. You might have a prayer request and that you can submit. That would be great. You don't throw them out, that we, we invest in, in the... the uh, Ke Keisha, correct? Keisha? Okay. Keisha's got one over here in the corner. We got more people. We're, we're going to start a new program where it'll just be bulletin on demand. Miss Audrey will sit out there on Sunday mornings, and if you want a bulletin, she'll go hit print. Anybody else? Huh? Nate, do you have a bulletin? Okay. Oh, yeah, I just got one. Look, how he was all proud. He's like, I got mine right here. Okay, we all good now? Train wreck people. Train wreck people. For those at home, if you want, you can go to tsflife.com. Uh, there's a button on the menu that says resources, and then there's a bulletin you can print on membership. Uh, and these are also out in our uh, foyer at all times as well. And ironically, originally I was going to talk about this last week, um, but then the Holy Spirit stepped in on the temptation thing. So, but I did have two people last week ask me about membership. So, uh, so we're almost on the curve, but not so much. Here's what this brochure does, and most of our brochures do. We, uh, I am, we, we come from uh, a hodgepodge of a lot of people from different backgrounds. Uh, we are, by definition, a mutt when it comes to our church. And I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine with me. Again, we're misfits, we're all gathered together. But what's important to me is to get past, like when people ask about membership or baptism or whatever the case may be, uh, I just want to make sure that we have a resource that's easy for you to get if you're like nervous about asking about it that goes to the scripture on what it says instead of what any of our traditions say. Um, so then where we go from there is where we go from there. But our, our membership one, what it does is it goes through from a, what I believe is a biblical aspect of what this covenant relationship is. As I said, membership is covenant relationship. Remember that? And we've talked about that before. There's two types of covenant relationships. There's a covenant between us and God which means God sets the terms, we stuck with them, and then there's some kind of tangible that puts it in place. For example, when he made a covenant with mankind not to flood the earth again, as far as a mass destruction, uh, he set the terms and we said, okay, sir, and he put a rainbow in the sky to not just remind us, but according to the scripture, to remind himself not to get frustrated with us and take us out with the flood. Um, that's how covenants with God works. Covenants with people, how it works biblically, is that you and I agree on terms. We talk about those terms, we figure out what, what that middle is, and once we agree on it, there's some kind of tangible that puts it in place that's a serious commitment to one another. The example I always use is during Jesus' day, if I had a daughter and you had a son, and we decided they were going to get married, and we talked about, you know, what animals you're going to give me, and I'm talking about what things I'm going to do for you, whatever that deal is for our kids. Uh, once we agreed with each other, we would do what? 
Nope, not Jake. Yeah, you, you, put, you would grab each other's thighs. That, that was, that was Jesus' day. It is no longer in place. Please stay where you're at. Okay. Um, this is a covenantal relationship. In other words, it needs to find on both sides, and there needs to be a tangible within it. So let us look at the church's uh, side here. In a, uh, if, if you look on the inside of the brochure, um, oh, there's a nice letter for me on the back. I'm so sweet. I think I wrote that like 18 years ago. I hope it's still true. Okay, but um, the first section that you go down, we believe is biblical for any person to have between them and Christ before they become a member of the church. Um, and that, that's going to be receive Jesus as leader and forgive in your life. Again, we've talk, talked about that. That's how you start your walk with Christ. Uh, and then be baptized. The reason for this is I think it's almost impossible for you to be in relationship in God's family if you're not in the relationship of God. So that, that's, that's the starting point. Uh, and then, because we are called Christian community, we, we ask that um, you, you would take and participate uh, in Sunday morning services and actively participate in Christian community. We used to define that, uh, but we have found as we have grown and matured in Christ, the Christian community looks different for everybody. It really does. And so some people define that as being part of the Wednesday night adult Bible study. Other people, they are like these little hospitality, busy, buddy bees, as much as I am with other people that they see in the church. There's a lot of different ways to do that community. Uh, and then we, we ask for people to uh, form some beliefs as well. What am I missing? Oh, well, I'll talk about this another time. Okay. So we also ask for them to affirm our statements of commitment. I will protect the unity of my church by acting in love towards one another, by refusing to gossip, and by following the church leadership. Um, when you define that biblically, I think that's pretty dead on, don't you? Is there anything, I think all that controversial on that, I think the only thing that's controversial with that is if you are in a cult and following church leadership means you have to give us all your money, all your property, and uh, your kids, or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> But I think that's pretty biblical. Uh, that's how we find unity with one another. Uh, if the elders are not following uh, God, uh, then you shouldn't be in unity with us. You should uh, reach out to us, and then if we continue not to follow God, you should leave. Uh, I will share the responsibility of my church by praying for its growth, by inviting the church to attend, and by warmly welcoming those who visit. So if you're a member of the church, this is about the good time to start checking in, going, how am I doing with that? Uh, especially for our leaders and for our staff. We are the examples of our church family uh, on whether or not we are taking the following up to our membership because you do have to be a, a member uh, of the church to be in one of those two roles. So that's something that we've committed to. Or if you're considering membership of the church, how do you feel about that? Uh, next one, I will serve the ministry of my church by developing a servant's heart, by discovering my gifts and talents, and to better equip myself for Christian service. That does not say church service. And as Christian service, sometimes that would be within your local body church. Sometimes that's in other areas within the community. Uh, some people have some beautiful, beautiful ministries in our church that uh, have nothing to do with uh, our leadership. I will support the testimony of my church by attending faithfully, by living a godly life at home and or work, and by giving regularly of my time, resources, and financial support. I will grow in Christ by walking with Him, being in the Word, praying, leaning into, and participating in church discipleship. 
There's nothing in here I don't think that people in church too should be doing. But as members, we're looking at biblical membership. And so these are things that you would consider before entering into a covenant relationship with the church. We ask members to affirm the following beliefs. Uh, Holy Scriptures as originally given by God are divinely in, uh, inspired and are the final written authority in all matters of faith and conduct, or any matters of that. Uh, there is one God who is spoken of in the Bible as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit expressing in His triune nature. We believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, God manifested in the flesh, His virgin birth, His sinless life, His miracles, His death on the cross for our sins, His bodily resurrection, His ascension, and His personal return in power and in glory. Our salvation from a lost and sinful condition is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who shed His blood, provides forgiveness for our sins. The Holy Spirit who draws us to Christ imparts to us a new nature that desires godliness, empowers us to witness and manifest numerous gifts for the edification of the church and the evangelization of the world. Because of the new life we have received in Christ, and as an act of obedience to Him, each believer should be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The church is comprised of people who are committed to Christ and to God's intention for us to dwell in unity. There will be a resurrection of all people, both believers in Christ and unbelievers, the one to everlasting life and the other to everlasting punishment. The work of the church is to extend the kingdom of God throughout the world by preaching the gospel, healing the sick, delivering the spiritually oppressed, and establishing the rule of God in every area of life. We must bring 100% love and 100% truth to everything in our lives. If something does not match up to the word of God, then it's not loving to embrace it. If we will truth without being driven by love, then it's not full truth. We will love and hold to God's word. When you look at things from a communal standpoint, the way that God designs us, it's a whole different life. It is not how do I get through today and how do I pay the bills and that's close enough, I think I'll go take a nap. It's much bigger than that. It's much more than that. And he invites us into it and I think that's beautiful. So let's say you read this and you go through this and you do a scripture. You say, okay, Tom's not completely nuts on this one. And I feel like God's calling me into membership. And maybe that's not where we're at today. What are, what are the next steps, just so you know? The tangible is this little box that you would just fill out and put into the offering. I didn't say it had to be a big tangible. It's a tangible. It just lets us know that you are interested in talking more or learning more about membership. Uh, and we will, uh, as part of our communion, be taking a special offering that has nothing to do with money. But just in case anybody wants to talk, I just want to be able to have a way to talk to you here in a few minutes. Once you do that, um, the usual process, but it could be different for each person, but there is a sermon series from 2019 called I'm a Fellowshipper, which I now have to rename because I changed my terminologies, but it's a four-week series on what membership looks like much more in-depth than what I've gone through today, uh, and I ask people to go through that, um, mostly so that we have a conversation. I have some starting point to start with, and then, and then after those four, I usually go with them to Panera, and we just talk and hang out. I answer any questions you have. We kind of see where you're at. We'll pray together wherever the Spirit leads, and then if you're interested in membership, there is no vote. There is no anything of that nature. It's just we want to make sure that you understand what you're committing to, what the Bible calls us to, and that from time to time we reevaluate and say, are we living up to what we've committed to? That's how simple it is. That's how easy it is, and then we follow it from there. So, with that, it is more of an educational study today, and my question is this. When you look at those four chairs, if you look at it from a membership standpoint, where are you today? I want you to take a second and think about it. 
it might be somebody at home with chair one. I don't know. Chair two, chair three, chair four. Are you fellowship? Are you like hanging around, but you don't really want to make some of the commitments that this is asking? That's where you're at. I'm praying better for you because all this is biblical, so you really don't get out of it just because you don't sign up on a piece of paper for Tom. But if it's membership and you're already a member, great. Reevaluate, take and grow in some areas maybe that you've been lacking in or talk about them. But if you want to talk more about membership, I'd love to talk to you more about that as well. An active membership, a real membership, a membership of the body. Not numbers. Not numbers. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast. Or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740-382-3500 or check us out online by going to tsflife.com. That's tsflife.com. You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship, 1647 Marion, Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.